We're excited to share with you the message from our Christmas candlelight celebration. From all of us here at Milestone Church, we wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Once again, I want to say Merry Christmas and thank you for joining us for this Christmas candlelight celebration to all of you and especially our guest. If you're a guest with us, we just we hope that you feel something that is part of our core value system here at Milestone. Something that we're really intentional about is that people say when they come here that it's friendly, but really it's deeper than friendliness. It's really our desire that we wouldn't just pass one another and come to a religious service, but one of our core values is spiritual family. So we hope that you see this as more of us coming together in a family gathering than just a religious service. And so we hope you, you sense the warmth and the love in the people around you. I wanna welcome those watching online. I know we have people in two video venues here at the Keller campus and now many of you in the commons. And so I'm thinking about you as well as we share this moment together. I wanna say to our Milestone family as well, uh, I feel like I'm the most blessed pastor on the planet. I, I really, truly do because of the way you love people. You love people in such an intense way. You serve people all year long. Last few days, I've been just thinking about this year 2019 has been an awesome year for us, and it's not just because there's more of us, but there's more love. With every year that grows, we grow in our ability to love broken people, hurting people, and people that need to know that God loves them. And so I love this about you and the way that you love others. Did you know love is the ultimate barrier breaker? The hardest of hearts, the most cynical person responds to genuine, authentic love. And so thank you for the way you love people when they come on campus or come to, their, to your small group or just love your neighbors. Serve days, always one big love uh, opportunity for us here. We had thousands of you, literally. We go out and we had 120 projects from helping a veteran remodel his home to uh, ladies who decided to not have an abortion and keep their children and you put on baby showers to help them with that decision and all the things that you do throughout the year that our city can call on us and we have teams of you that go and clear code violations. I heard about a group of you the other day that redid the playground at the Keller Early Learning Center and uh, just the way you love people at Christmas and all year long, it's a big deal. People show up at church, they feel a little intimidated, you know, they, they feel a little bit on the outside, and uh, it's amazing, you know? It's kind of like if you went to a gym and you hadn't worked out in a long time, you show up, there's some guy over there, he ate a raw chicken for breakfast, he's got his biceps oiled up, raw. You're like, oh, uh, where's the yoga class, you know? Is this a treadmill, maybe? You know, people feel that way, so uh, thank you for the way you, way you love, love people. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two is kind of the central Christmas story, so I thought since it's Christmas, we might as well go to the main story and look at what is available to us through the gift of the person, Jesus Christ, and that's gonna be our theme as we look at it. Now, one thing that I do as a pastor is I just try to help you along a little bit in all aspects of life. So I was thinking about you guys here Christmas time, thought I might just offer a little pastoral concern 
for all the things we're having to deal with at Christmas time. One, we've got crowds, right? So crowds at the mall, we've got traffic issues. Just some advice. This is just wisdom. Don't get mad at me. If the light turns green and you're texting and you're ahead of all of us, we, we, we need you to move forward, okay? We're just offering that. Um, the inside lane is for passing, all right? So, so, so just, just crowds, right? I had a lady the other day. I mean, she, people just, we just all need to calm down, guys. We're all in this together, you know? Just, just, just people just, the lady passed me. She made a gesture in my direction. I think it means bad words. But I'm a pastor, I've never sinned, so I don't really know what it means, but she looked really upset at me, okay? Um, and so we're dealing with crowds, let's all just get along, let's calm down, and, and all of you, this service is important for you to really get filled up with the peace, with the love of God, with the joy, because you're going into some family moments through the new year. And there's going to be at least one person at that event who is what I call EGR person, extra grace required. Some of you are like, I don't know if anybody like that's at the party. You're that person. You're the one that they're all praying about. Okay, extra grace required. Earlier this year, I was preaching a message. I can't remember everything about it. Maybe there was some powerful revelations, some solid scriptures, some exposition, some theological nuggets. I don't know. It's probably dripping off of my lips like honey. I had some powerful things to say. And that week I'd been outdoors and then doing some work and I got a tick around my ankle. I don't know how that happened. Some of you are like, it's like how fat are your ankles, pastor, that you could get a tick to attach to your ankle. And so I had a, a tick on my ankle. And so I, in the message, I was just talking about people and how that some people, not every person, can be like the suck the life out of you tick type person. I just said it in my message and I just kind of said some people are like ticks. But the reason that God gives pastors kids is to keep you humble. I left the service. I said, kids, what do you think about the message? My nine-year-old Lainey Kate, she pipes up. She said, dad, that was a great message. Here's what I got. People are ticks. Come on, out of the whole message, you got people or ticks, but nonetheless, we're gonna have some extra grace required people. Let's all just get filled up and love on them. And the final thing I would offer to you is some of you are still struggling with a gift. And I know some of you, this is gonna really violate the very core of your personality because you wanna get that special, exact, perfect thing. And let me give it to you from the pragmatic side of people. Here's the deal. If you're worried about it, you haven't gotten it yet, stop at a store. Visa gift card. Just go with it. Some of you are like, it's awesome. It's universal. Just, just, just give the Visa gift card, okay? But we are going to exchange some gifts over this time. And so the thought I had for this Christmas is with all of our giving and receiving and all of our concerts and even services like this, there's so much exchanging going on. What does God want to give us? What, what could you receive from God this Christmas that could be life-changing? And so I want us to go to that Luke 2 story. I want us to look at it, and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna process it a little bit together. But watch this with me as you see Luke chapter two in a unique way. I 
wanna take a moment to bring you into a familiar Christmas experience, a Christmas moment that most of us have shared at some point, and a moment most of us are going to experience this Christmas. I think back to even in my own life, with my family, with my parents, with my sisters gathered around the Christmas tree, the fireplace, Christmas morning. And then I think about as I began to get older and I married my wife, Brandy, and then we have our own four children. And I tell you what I really miss now is I have two in college and two still at home and they've all gotten older. I, I miss footy pajamas. I miss when my kids were smaller and the moments we shared together and Yet sometimes in life we're experiencing a moment, but we don't really think about what it's all about, where, where it really came from, and really what are we supposed to really be thinking about? We know what we do experience and think about, but, but what is something that maybe is a little deeper in the moment that we should experience? And I want to take us all the way back to the first Christmas. I want us to go back to what it's all about. I want us to go back to the birth of Jesus. And I want us to look at this story because you might not be aware of all the different people that were involved. Hopefully you know that Jesus is the main character in the story and his birth is what Christmas is all about. But there's a lot of people that were experiencing different things at different moments. And I'd like us to read that Christmas story together. In Luke chapter 2, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and she placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them and this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things. She pondered them in her heart. 
and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And you might be aware that there's also another group that later come to see this baby. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a lot of characters in this scene, a lot of people experiencing different things, people afraid at the voice of God, people then seeing the baby and celebrating, Mary as mother pondering things, experiencing it before the birth and after the birth, Joseph and the things he was dealing with, the wise men who bow down and worship, who offer gifts, all of them experiencing different things. But the real question is, when you come to your Christmas moment and you're gathered around this particular moment, the tree, I know for us, we like to read that story that I just read to you and think about it and think about its meaning. I I don't know where you're coming from, but I do know this. A lot of times when we come to this moment, we're thinking about the gifts. I know if you got little kids, they're like, Has it happened yet? When's it going to happen? They're ready to open the gifts, but as you get older, you think a lot more about what other people are experiencing, and sometimes you're private a little bit about what's really going on in you. But I wanna talk about really what's most important for you this Christmas, and we're gonna spend the rest of our time together thinking about it. A lot of times we're better at giving than we are receiving. Did you know you might wanna think about this perspective? God gave us his son, Jesus, but maybe you've never thought about in Jesus, what does he want you to receive? What gift does he want to give you? And why would that be so powerful? Because I believe if you understand that gift, that gift could not only just change your Christmas, it could change your whole life. And I wanna read us one more verse that we're gonna look at together in the remaining time we have And that's Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Some of you, you may have heard that familiar set of passages. It's the anchor story of what Christmas is all about in Luke chapter two. You may have heard it a few times. You may have never heard it. You may have heard it several times. But a lot of times, if you've heard something or you listen to it, you lose a real sense of understanding of the detail, as I said, the different people and where they're coming from. And I'm so glad that the Bible is not sanitized, that it tells us the real authentic story, not only in the Christmas story, but as you engage with the Bible, if you feel like that this whole idea of Jesus and you kind of have this fake religion idea that this is all just sort of kind of a, a mass thing, well, you haven't read the Bible. Because the Bible is honest and transparent with us that these are real people with real lives, with real challenges, with real circumstances. Do you notice how many times in that Christmas story it talks about people being terrified and how many times they had to be reminded, don't be afraid. So there was fear there and there was pondering and there were circumstances and situations. And so I began to think about us this Christmas. 
What is it that's going on in our lives and what would stop us? That question I asked you, what does God have for you? What would stop you from receiving it? How can you receive what he has for you? And I find that the circumstances and a lot of times the emotional barriers and the stress and the problems of life can be the largest thing that holds us back from receiving this great gift, the person of Jesus Christ. The same way there were challenges in that story, you have challenges today. And we think about that moment, we're just taking one little aspect of Christmas where we receive things, we give things, we give in exchange, and you have a little moment there around the tree. I've already had one with some extended family and I'll have one with my kids on Christmas Eve and so we'll have those moments. But yet, we don't a lot of times think about what's going on in our own worlds that stops us from receiving the ultimate gift. Sometimes it's dads who have provided a lot and they thought just by giving enough gifts and toys and things, then they would get the respect that they really want. But what they really want is respect and honor from the people they love. Spouses are saying, look, it's great that you got me the gift card. It's awesome that you got me the special earrings. What I really want is to deal with this separation that I feel between you and I. So there's people dealing with struggles and challenges, single people who are saying, man, it'd be nice to get a gift from somebody, but what I would really like to know is what about my future? What about plans that God may have for me? And where am I gonna end up? And will I become all that I'm called to be? Will I find that person to marry? So we're struggling through some of those things. And this time of year, because of all the parties, all the things going on, all the family tensions and things, all those things are heightened on the inside of us. So we're feeling real stuff blended families that are coming together maybe for the first time at Christmas and wondering how do we offer value to everyone that is at that setting. People dealing with pain, children with challenges. I have people that I know dealing with health challenges with their children, some very severe, and so they're walking through that. The greatest gift they could receive is health. So they're praying about that, they're struggling through that. Maybe you're like me. This Christmas is different for me because somebody I love, I lost. So I'm thinking about that. When we gathered as a family, we prayed, played some videos of someone that I love and maybe you're just dealing with grief or loss, whatever it is. But despite what we're feeling, despite what we're experiencing, it doesn't nullify the power of the gift that's available. There's a gift available it's not just some arbitrary gift. It's not just some concept. It's not just a theory. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And if you underestimate the value of the gift, you won't receive it. Because if someone says, I have a gift for you, we want to know, okay, well, do I want that gift? Is that gift valuable? How will that gift make my life better? So we kind of estimate. We all are going to get some gifts we don't want this Christmas. Come on, be honest in church. If there's one place to be honest you're gonna re-gift some of the stuff you get, okay? You're like, thank you, wow, that's awesome. Who can I give that to? Or it's gonna end up in a closet or something, you know? It's like, thanks for the sentiment, you know? What does dad want for Christmas? Something he didn't buy. We have our little moment, and I'm like, wow, that's expensive. And I go, how'd you get that? We used your credit card, dad. Gee, thanks, that's awesome. I mean, wow, I feel so blessed. I could have bought it myself. Let's unpack that Romans 6, 23, because that's a powerful verse. What a concise verse. What a simple verse that tells you what's available for you this Christmas. The wages of sin is death. 
So a lot of people, when they think about how they interact with God, just because our world is made this way, performance, earning, and so it's like, did I keep, some of you grew up in religious traditions, if I keep all of these religious rules, then I'll earn favor from God. I'll earn acceptance from God. So we think earning, this verse puts that all totally, it just turns it on its head because it says actually what we earn is death because we have sin. Some of you go, what's sin? Sin is missing the mark. Sin is when you think the wrong things, you do the wrong things, all of us have those things. All of us have them, things we don't wanna tell anybody that we've done things that are dark in our own heart, it's missing the mark. And the problem with sin is, is not that we just go, oh, sin is bad. Sin separates us from this gift. This sin separates us from this God who loves us, who can bring the peace into your home that you're looking for. Sin separates you from that. So what do we get paid? We get paid death. Not just eternal death, which is separation from God, but we also have this sin that kills stuff here on earth. Did you know sin kills marriages? Sin kills relationships between fathers and children and mothers and children. Sin kills relationships between siblings. Sin kills the things you care about the most. Some of you are like, man, I need some hope this Christmas. Well look, once you see the problem, once you really recognize the problem, you're really excited to get the gift. And here's the gift. The gift is it comes through Jesus, and that is eternal life. And eternal life is not just this future place, but it's not just the quantity of your life, it's the quality of your life. That life can come into that marriage. I met a lady through our Christmas services, came out, tears in her eyes. She said, I've been coming here for two years. I came with a broken marriage. My relationship with my husband is different because I've started to understand the life that comes through Jesus, the life that can come into my marriage. Happens all the time. There's life available. You're thirsty, you're hungry for that life, but it comes in a gift, not by something you earn. You earn death, but the gift is eternal life. Now, what I want us to do is unpack for a minute, though, this gift at another level, because this gift in the person of Jesus Christ, we, we could just all year long just keep talking about Jesus. He's so good. He's a gift you'll never give back. You'll never trade him back in. Because every time you unpack a new dimension of the character of Jesus, there's more beauty, there's more awesome. It's just, it's amazing. And I could give you a lot longer list, but just because of our time, I just want to give you three elements that if you reject the gift, if you say, I don't want Jesus, and you reject it, then just know what you're giving up on. Number one is you can have loving acceptance instead of guilt and shame. Loving acceptance instead of guilt and shame. I've been a pastor. I started pastoring a local church at 21 years old. I didn't say I was a good one. I said I was a pastor at 21 years old. But I've worked with people a lot, and here's what I, I thought as a young pastor. I need to convince them that they're guilty. Well, we need to make sure we understand where the guilt comes from. It's because we were all born with sin. But here's what I found. We don't have to convince you that you feel guilty. That's why you feel distant from God. That's why when you show up to church, it takes you a little while to warm up, and we gotta tell a few jokes to get you kind of loosed up. Why? Because you feel guilty. We all feel guilty. Why do we feel guilty? Because we are guilty. 
All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we have this performance mindset in our culture that we keep thinking we're going to earn, but we're not getting the right return on our, what we're trying to earn, and we're getting the wrong payments, and we don't know how to deal with it, so we feel guilty, so we try harder, and the harder we try, the worse off we are. We're also good at making each other feel guilty. I had a new experience this year. My wife came to me as we were working on our weekly calendar and said, Jeff, we have been invited to a couple shower. I said, a shower? I already had a shower today. I don't need to go to a shower. She said, no, a couple shower. I said, do couples go to showers? I thought that's where pedophores and mints and stuff. And I said, I've never been to a shower. She said, well, you need to start. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not going to the couple shower. I'm not going to showers. Where I come from, men don't go to showers. So I'm not going to showers. I had a shower. She said, well, we got this Evite. I said, well, that's interesting too because I'm not real technologically trained. What's an Evite? She shows me, it's a guilt document. <laughs> it's a guilt document because you can view everybody. You start with the person who has to tie a pork chop around their neck to get a friend. They don't care what you think. They hit no right off the bat. Bam, no! We don't care what you think. Then you have the category of guilt-ridden human beings. Maybe. You're not going. But maybe makes you feel less guilty. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. And then there's other people that check yes and you still don't go. But you feel guilty about lying. You lied. You said yes, but you knew you weren't going to go. But it's a guilt document. We're good at making one another feel guilty. We have so much guilt. We have shame related to all of the things that have happened in our lives, some of the things we've done, some things have happened to us. Here, here's the power. The power is that you don't just make yourself not feel guilty. You, you just don't go, well, I'm gonna avoid any preacher that tells me about sin and then I won't feel guilty. You'll feel guilty by yourself. Oh, I just, I'm just going to, so there's, there's people out there today, well, let's just make everything okay. Well, everything's not okay because sin kills. And I'm just going to not feel guilty. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel guilty. Man, I feel guilty. It doesn't just go away. There's actually what is found in the Christmas story is the gift of Jesus Christ where you have, just like my children, I have two in college now who are just now, just this, this last semester here, just this last week, they're doing final exams. And I'm vested in those final exams, right? So I'm checking how we doing, right? Come on, parents. How are we doing with those final exams? And we've all had that dream, right? That dream where you wake up, you know, you're in a cold sweat, you're like, I didn't study, and I'm late for the exam, and you rush in, and you're just like, ah, and the teacher's looking at you with a real mean look, and you sit down and you just kind of guess B on everyone, and then you get your exam back and it's red all over. Well, guess what? All of us have an exam that we've taken and it has some red on it. Some a little better than others, but we all have red on it. We didn't hit 100%. There's only one person, his name is Jesus Christ. He came as that baby, but he lived a sinless life. He lived the life we couldn't live. He then made a payment we couldn't make by sacrificing his life on the cross and saying it is finished. And then he's alive today and rose from the dead. And here's what he does. He comes and says, let me have that exam that you failed. You can have mine. There's an exchange of your brokenness and your sin with his perfectness, and that's how you get rid of guilt. You have freedom, you have life, you've been now taken from a red stained document to cleansed white as snow, 
And so you get loving acceptance instead of guilt and shame. Let me tell you another one that I think people underestimate today. Not only is that something that happens to you as he makes you, the Bible says that, that we, he became sin so we can become the righteousness of God. Everything becomes right in our soul and our life. Not only does that, ha- that happen to you individually, but the, then he places you in a family that starts to change you. It starts changing you. It starts changing how you relate to others. It'll help you. This Bible, as you start getting placed in his family, he takes you as an isolated, lonely person over here. When you accept Jesus, you not only accept Jesus, but Jesus says, let me introduce you to my family. Let me introduce you to this new set of relationships that are there to encourage you. You're like, look, I wanna grow. I wanna be like that lady two years from now that says my marriage is different. Well, you gotta start getting in the game. You gotta start growing. You gotta start finding out what Jesus says. You gotta start getting in the Bible. You know, if we want something in our lives, we find a guide, we find a trainer, we find a coach. How are you getting better at understanding what it means to be in Jesus's family and understand the reality of what's happened on the inside of you? If you're gonna change, you gotta get around some people that know how to help you do that. You say, how do you do it, pastor? We make it simple here. We'll tell you some steps. We like to say it this way, take your next step. Just take your next step. Did you know what else though? This is very powerful. Not only do you start changing, which changes your world around you, but also you're making an investment in a direction toward your future challenges and pain. You're you're gonna have some pain. By the way, the number one pain this time of year is family pain. If you have a kid far from God, Christmas just isn't the same because you're pained about it. Relationship pain, siblings, fighting, disunity, pain. God helps us with that. He puts us in a family that helps us then learn how to walk it out in these other areas. And you're gonna have future challenges that you're putting around you, support structures and encouragers and people to help you. Like Robert and Carolyn, I heard last week about a couple in our church, their son who's a police officer who was tragically killed. They were transferred here like a lot of you, kind of in transition and looking for relationships. They jumped in. They jumped into a small group. They got involved. They started getting connected. And then their son-in-law, who was tragically killed, they're walking through this painful moment in their life right here at Christmas. They're struggling through it, but they're, the people that they had made investments in, the family, the brothers and sisters, start rallying around them. I'm always amazed by all of you, by the way. I'm amazed at the way you love each other, the way you show up at the hospital, the way you rally around each other, the way you love each other fiercely. And and she actually, Carolyn said that she didn't wanna come to joy because she was struggling with this event and this moment and her small group basically arrested her and took her and made her come. She left with more peace. She said, I wish our natural family understood the power of spiritual family. Did you know the most important decision you'll ever make is not who you marry, your career. The most important decision you'll ever make is whether you receive Jesus Christ that makes right what's happening on the inside here. But when you receive that gift, you receive so much more. You receive a set of relationships that were formed in heaven that'll be there to cheer you on and to help you and help you walk through your darkest moments. But here's the final one. We don't talk about it a lot in church anymore. We really don't in today's world. We don't talk about the fact that we also receive the gift of spending eternity in a place called heaven where there's no sin, there's no sickness, there's no pain, and we don't talk a lot about the fact that all of us are living a very short little moment here on this earth. 
We live in a culture where we have so much resources and so much, we think we've made heaven. We think we can fix or buy our way out of every problem, but that's not the message of this book. This book says that unto us, all of us, appointed by God is a moment to die. We're all headed toward that moment. And some of you, I'm just telling you, you're getting old, I'm looking at you, you're headed there quick. How many of you know life goes by like that? It says it's a vapor. Are you prepared for eternity? Now, I apologize a little bit, not really, but I need to be transparent. I've been a little more eternally minded over the last several weeks because on October the 29th, somebody who's my hero, who taught me so many values, who put in me a lot of the character traits, if you're a part of the Milestone family, a lot of the way I lead as a father or coach, and I had a dad who was a great dad, father, coach, who believed in me, who put a lot of great things in me. And October 29th, he transitioned as I was sitting there by his bedside, kissed him on the cheek and watched the blood leave his face. He transitioned from this life into, into heaven. So I'm a little more eternally minded. Now I'm not using this as an emotional preacher thing. I, I'm just telling you reality. Reality is all of us are gonna come to that moment. And the question is, there's really only two choices. You either roll the dice and bet on what you believe to be true and just kind of hope it all works out, or you receive the gift that we celebrate this Christmas, and that is that this baby who came from heaven came to dwell with us, to be with us, and to make it possible the way, the truth, the life, the person Jesus Christ. So I'd like to, at his funeral, six months actually before he passed away, I, I had a little moment where I just asked him to get in front of a camera and just talk about life. And um, it was amazing as he, as he started moving toward his final moments. It's, this is crazy, by the way, what, what is so powerful about eternity and about a relationship with Jesus. His body was failing, but his spirit was growing stronger. Even the clarity with which he just would talk about some of these things. At his funeral, I had a chance to honor him one last time and I showed a longer clip, and I'm not gonna show it now, but I just wanted this Christmas, one of the gifts I could give you is a gift of perspective and let you meet my dad. I wanna show you this for just a moment. kids to have a father that would try to lead them and guide them in the right way. His plan was for my kids to be who they are. You know, you get opportunities to talk about the Lord and people are interested in heaven. The key is, is you build that love that you have with him every day. The Lord didn't tell us we weren't going to have to go through things. Man, if you've been in the valley, you know what the mountain's like, right? There's always a few valleys to go through, but you can look at the mountain that we're on and the, what kids we got and the way the Lord's blessed us. You don't take none of this with you. What are you gonna leave that's worth anything? Somebody else will drive your car. Somebody else will live in your house. Somebody else will spend your money. The song, uh, I can only imagine. Every time I hear it, I get chills. Yeah, you can't get enough of heaven, man. 
Lord, I pray right now for all of us, for the peace we need, for the comfort we need, the life, Lord, everything is found in you. And you grant us everything that pertains to life and godliness, so we come to you afresh and anew, Jesus. We thank you for the gift this Christmas. We don't let everything else around us that is going on cause us to miss what our hearts are hungry for, and that's your presence. So we come and we receive from your presence today, Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.